The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, artificial taxidermy, New York City for old people, pressing cats with your feet, and tooth fairy fail. And now, everyone's favorite podcast by three guys who collectively bench 220, here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode three of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome to the podcast that's ready to fight the ghosts in the darkness of the city of festivals and go on a Milwaukee lion hunt. As of the time of this recording, the entire city of Milwaukee, the Brew City, is terrified and locked behind their doors as the brave Police force of Milwaukee searches for a lion on the loose in the streets. Not just a lion, a lion-like animal. Oh, True. yeah. It could be a liger. <laughs> a liger. <laughs> it could be a liger. It could be Lionel. <laughs> Lion-o. <laughs> Lion-o, uh, snarf. <laughs> could be a zoobly zoo creature. Dave brings up a good point. Is there a lion missing in the Milwaukee area that they can, <laughs> you know, reference and say, okay, we definitely have a lion missing, as opposed to some magical lion has appeared yeah, ge- yeah, lions don't generally manifest unless someone was playing Jumanji. Oh, that's right. They could have rolled a seven, <laughs> and uh, they can't complete their turns. Now there's a lion running around Milwaukee. Do people buy lions on the dark net and then grow them in their house and then let them free, like alligators in the sewer? It might be someone who had a pet lion and realized they could not care for it and just let it go. Maybe this is uh, somebody who moved from Brooklyn or Queens, because this seems to be distinctly a Brooklyn or Queens news story. You never hear about people having alligators in Miami, which seems odd because that's where alligators live. But you always hear about people in Brooklyn and Queens yeah, having alligators. When I lived in New York, I remember there was a guy who'd raised a tiger, like a full-size yes. tiger, like a Bengal tiger. And he, was, he would, it got out of control, so he kept it in a guest room, and he would have to open the door a crack and throw steaks in and then his you know first of all his steak budget was completely out of control <laughs> even if he went to like western beef or some sort sure. of wholesaler and then of course you know it gets more and more frightening to open that door a crack as the tiger gets larger well, and larger yeah and the tiger knows that the door is opening a crack so they might lunge mm-hmm. once they learn the pattern I think it did, like, tear him in half, and that's when he wandered into a hospital with one arm and said, oh, I got a confession to make. <laughs> well, chances are, when they do find this lion, he's going to be drunk and full of encased meat. Yeah, they're trying to lure him out with cheese curds right now. <laughs> this is the best time of the year to be, you know, on the loose in Milwaukee. Absolutely. Yeah. Festival season, man. Everybody's yeah. corpulent. They're all full mm-hmm. of, of cream puffs and cheese they're curds slower. and, and bratwurst. Yeah. They're, they're slow because they're drunk. They're walking, you know, they're, they're just kind of lumbering about. They're well marbled from yes. all this food. <laughs> they're delicious. And the cops aren't going to catch you. They're right in there with it. Mm-hmm. Right? They're working the festivals. It might be a case of the Swedes finding a Russian submarine in their waters and it just not being true. But I would love to see lion running down the middle of the street in Milwaukee oh, in the absolutely. news. Or a dog in a lion costume, like something really embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, well, they had coy- coyotes they kept finding in Battery Park in New York over the last month. They often Could have things it? wash up, like on in Montauk and you know some of those like beach boutique communities and they think that it's some sort of monster but it's always like a, a dog with mange but you know by the time it reaches the right. shore it looks like some kind of hippogriff or a chimera of some kind there are no predators for lions in milwaukee because people in wisconsin are fond of eating one another but i don't know that anyone eats big cats what does lion taste like has anyone eaten lion seems like they get killed for their skin i think i had lion jerky once in high school and it tasted what? Like, it tasted like anything else that's jerky. It tasted yeah, like jerky. And... Yeah, which is kind of a waste of lion, if you ask me. Well, I'm guessing yeah. that pretty soon uh, someone in Milwaukee is going to find out. Yeah, I would eat it like sashimi style. Like I want to really savor the taste and 
Although it wouldn't have regular African lion terroir, it would taste no. probably like Knockwurst and yeah. Miller Lite. And now it's time for So Now You're Old, where we discover that we've already gone partially gently into that good night. Kicking and screaming. I just got back from New York City with my brother. So for his first Father's Day, my brother Dirk got permission from his wife to fly out to New York City and meet me. And so we just spent the last three and a half days just hanging out in the city. And we've been doing this since he was 16 years old. He is now 32. We'll just say 32. And this last couple of days, I've realized that neither of us are quite up to the challenges that the city presents. We, and we did some things that we really have never done. Well, first of all, I don't live there anymore. And so it's the first time we come back since I had, you know, we didn't have a place to crash. So we got a hotel. He got a hotel on 42nd Street, which is its own other story because it was on, like right in Times Square. My, we had to sit down a lot because my brother has a bad back. <laughs> oh, come on. You were wheezing and grabbing at your aches and pains. I know. Well, he was torn up the entire time. Like he was his ankles and his back. He has a bad back now because he's just he like shattered his ankle uh, in his 20s and he it was in a bad car accident. And then something else happened. So like he <laughs> so was just something not for air. Something and he was shot by a jealous lover. Right. And so we would like walk and he was like, uh, how much farther is this? And I, I was like, uh, it's about a mile. And like, oh man, all right. <laughs> and we went every day. We would we'd start out at like eleven o'clock. We'd go until about three. And then we'd head back to the hotel. Oh, oh, yeah. So you'd have a lovely brunch, listen to some Nora Jones music, have an omelet and a slice of cantaloupe, and then go yeah. back to the hotel. We'd sit to there and watch. No, no, this is where it gets good. We would get on the Learning Channel and watch like two hours of Forensic Files. <laughs> and so we'd sit there watching Forensic Files in the middle of the day. It's just until our feet stopped swelling. And then we'd go back out. But we never went out any night. And this is my brother and I who, you know, when we were younger, we would. I partied with your brother many a time in New York in years past. And your brother was a party monster. And we would go out. And if your brother was coming to town, I knew that I was in trouble. Like my liver would be sad when you would tell me that your brother was coming. You know, in the middle of the night, we were completely dissolute. Your brother would say, dude, you've got to. True story. You guys, you've got to go to 7-Eleven. Because when you get a chili dog there, it's like a dollar, and they let you have, like, all the chili you want. You just you push the button, you never have to stop. You just you just keep pouring <laughs> chili on until the bowl is full and the chili is full, and it's, like, all over your arms, and you can just keep going. And then we did. We did, and then we, that was on, uh, like, 83rd Street. And I remember the three of us got out of that place with chili dogs, and then we sat down on a bench and watched a fight. <laughs> <laughs> We watched these guys. We watched these guys fist fight for five minutes on the street while eating chili dogs. And so now well, you guys are watching the Learning Channel while while having Alka-Seltzer oh, in a glass. Dude, we went. We had a we had a drink at McSorley's and a sandwich, and we went to IFC and saw an independent film. Oh my god! <laughs> we went to the we went to the High Line. Uh, Look at the landscaping. It's it's little landscaping. And my brother's younger than me, right? I'm 39. He's 32. But even still, it was a very special, very special episode. Yeah, first wives, first wives trip to Manhattan. Like, yeah, we were very genteel. Two of the four mornings, I got, I just went to Dwayne Reed and got fruit for breakfast. (laughs) 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 It was completely, quite frankly, embarrassing. They're looking for places to eat dinner at 5 o'clock because they want to beat the crowds. I just want a nice tuna sandwich. It doesn't need to be so loud. Why do restaurants have to be so loud all the time? You can't even hear yourself. Think. You can't even have a good conversation. We went with Johnny High Rent last night, and it was like we, we were just trying to go. We went to Alligator Bar because they have you know a pizza for every beer you get, right? And Todd, we got we to gotta head to Alligator Bar. It's at the East Village. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of scuzzy little place down down from the street. Yeah. And you get a beer. And whatever beer you get, they give you a ticket. You go to the back. They give you a pizza, like a personal pan pizza. It's an, And, like, is the pizza good? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, the pizza's free. How bad it's can free, it be? free, yeah. You know? They're pretty terrible. I mean, you'd if if you bought it, 
you would be really upset with yourself <laughs> that you paid money for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's free bread and a little bit of cheese. I mean, it's you know, and if and, you know, and that's bam, that's dinner. So uh, we really there, good but... is that the vagrants haven't quite found out about it yet. Because I feel like when word gets out, that's going to be a like a soup kitchen. I don't like understand. Those, yeah, be, be like that McDonald's on Ninth Street where you just go do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's or at least that's what true. I do. That's well, right. Uh, we were young. Well, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't think I've ever given food to a homeless person and them thank me. I've given homeless food, or I've given food to homeless people, and they've told me no, thank you, or they've literally thrown it, or. They said, "I want you can I have some money also, right?" It's, I don't yeah. think the alligator bar is in any trouble. Of, you should worry about hobos coming in because because they have they, ne- they have discerning taste. The hobos in New York, they just don't ever want to eat. They always they always have a way to. And this sounds really harsh, but if you've ever given money to a homeless person on the street, you know, like oh, I'll give them my sandwich, you'll walk by twenty minutes later and they will not eat, have eaten your sandwich. No. Your sandwich will still be there. It'll have one bite out of it. But they do want money because money buys lots of things that, uh, whether it be drugs or socks or, but food is never really the problem that I've seen. That's why I always hold on to my leftovers and give them my excess drugs. Hey folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? You can do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Just type in what you're looking for. It'll open up an Amazon window. You buy what you are already going to buy. You don't pay extra. You don't sign up for anything. And Amazon sends us some of its profits, and we use that to keep this show on the air. Anybody buy anything on Amazon this week? My wife bought an elephant head, but not a real one. She started getting into... Head collecting, fake animal head, like mounted heads like trophies, on the wall, like trophies. Right, uh, and so they'll be made out of different materials. So does this, be... is this like making a statement, like I'm against actual animal heads, or is it just a artistic like? A, a My wife and I choice. don't really have any statements to make. Um, <laughs> we're too busy trying to survive. You know what yeah. I mean? Is this like a? diorama size or is this the size of an elephant's head i'm trying to picture this this is the size of i would say i would and it's big it's like the the base like where it mounts on the wall is like two feet wide and two feet tall and it comes out like the the tusks and the trunk come off of the wall about two and a half feet so it's like you've murdered a baby elephant i'd say a would say an elephant that is it's a viable baby, but not full term. Ah, so a fetal elephant. Right. A fetal elephant. This is my point. The That's actually how, oh, how many trimesters do elephants have? This might be like an eighth trimester. 19. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to carry those things for a while, right? I think they're pregnant for like a year. Yeah. Well, this is made out of that really fancy schmancy ivory. Cut. Uh, laser cut cardboard and it's like a 3d puzzle that but we have we also have some that are made out of porcelain and glass and so the so you... co- the common thread is that they're all animal heads but they're yes different, different materials different materials different sizes how do your daughters feel about animal heads on your walls well if you listen to the conversation last week about the chipmunk that my dog murdered they oh, had yeah. they, they watched with dead eyes the fact that they're looking at cardboard elephant heads they don't they don't blink an eye. Well, do they have a frame of reference for animal heads qua trophies? Oh, no. Right. No. This is the thing, too. Like, this is just a, oh, how, how clever and cute. We have all these animal heads. They're obviously fake. Now, what got your right? wife into this? Is that we've talked on the show before about people, as you get older, no one knows what to buy for you. Sometimes hobbies are thrust upon you, like precious moments figures or ceramic birds. So, right. or, you know, the spoons from the Vatican, things like that. So is this... Was this thrust upon her? Was this a hobby that she was born to? Did she grow into it? She grows into these wild, urban, and by urban, I mean like Tribeca urban. You don't mean sort hip-hop? Of, I don't mean hip-hop. That's kind of where style comes from. And she, she kind of ties into whatever's going on in the city. And one day I come home and there's this, this metal, this sort of aluminum wired antelope head. <laughs> it's all the rage in Tribeca. Bobby De Niro's All got three. Rich. And we could only afford one. And <laughs> so then I go and get 
one out of the same material that is uh, a steer. And then we got this porcelain ram with these gold horns. That's fantastic C- if you ever want to, oh, I don't know, sacrifice someone to Baphomet, the you know, satanic deity. I have to say, I was, I was in Whitehorse Tavern in New York City about two days ago. And hanging above the wall by the door was a white horse head. And the thought rushed through my mind that it had to be mine to put on my wall. And then, of course, all the other thoughts about how I'm an upstanding citizen and individual and a father and a teacher. Uh, those all rushed through my head as well. So You, you didn't steal the white horse's I white did horse not, head. I did not take the white horse head. Dylan Thomas died under that horse's head. You know, that's who it was. And I was telling my brother about that. Uh, I couldn't remember which uh, writer it was. Was it Dylan Thomas? It was Dylan Thomas. Unfortunately, he did not die before he wrote Under Milk Wood. It's too bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we got our elephant head. And they're not all African. This isn't like a safari of heads. This, you've, got, you've got North American animals as well. Ram could be North American. Uh, the steer certainly could be. Sure. Antelope, I'm thinking not so much. What else? There's like a silver something. How's the uh, oh. how much wall space you got left? Well, we did it along the stairwell, but the the elephant head's too big. It's bigger than we thought it was going to be, so it's hanging. It also it has to hang high enough where the kids can't reach it with a chair because they'll destroy it. They'll they'll rip it down. They'll actually take the time to bring a chair over to it and stand on the chair and rip it down. Well, you gotta. I mean, you have to play the game, right? You've got to <laughs> think three steps Plan ahead. For worst case, yeah, sure. Yeah. They'll, they'll tear it apart because it is just cardboard. And so, yeah, we've got it hanging pretty high up in another section of the house. So I guess we'll have to start another wall of heads. Might be two twin heads if they get up there and rip up your elephant. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for Animal Crack Ups. That's where animals are people, too. I have an animal issue. Uh, and as you may know, I'm not a huge fan of animals. I'm not a what? friend to animals. I don't talk to the animals. I don't. We had a cat, an elderly cat. It passed. Uh, you t- begged for that thing to die for two years, too. And eventually I got my wish, which is why it's always a good idea to <laughs> wish for death, because <laughs> you, you will get your wish. You yeah. will get your wish. You can but never say you don't win anything if you're wishing for death. You also went above and beyond caring for that cat that you wanted to yeah. die. So yeah, because so I had I a cat ho- hospice for a year of my life, so yes. so uh, it needed to die for all of our sakes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then God smiled twice and, and gave me a daughter with cat allergies. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So um, I go outside my door the other day, and there's a black uh, American tabby, not entirely unlike the one that died, uh, outside my door. Now, down the block from us, and we live in the city of Chicago, but on a fairly tree-lined street with a lot of single-family homes, and a couple blocks away is one of those houses, which you would not expect to see in the city, but the kind of house where you expect there to be a lot of cats. Well, it seems like they're damn near raising the things, right? It's got a side yard that's completely overgrown. You know, window unit air conditioners and a lot of cats. I think I don't need to go on. Stacks of old newspapers in the windows. Yes, yes. Sounds like where I grew up, actually. So so whenever there are stray cats Mm -hmm. strutting, you generally can just carry them right back to that house. The (laughs) the first time I noticed that was that I uh, there was a cat on the street. I thought it was our cat, even though it was a couple blocks away. I bent down. It had a collar on. The collar had a name on it. I turned the collar over. There was a number. I called the number with my cell phone and heard a phone ring inside the house to my right. (laughs) So evidently the people in this house with all the cats are gone for the summer because I keep going there and saying, hey, there's this cat, and it seems to be living on our deck and three balcony thingy uh and the cat so i saw it one day and I, obviously i didn't say anything because it was there but uh because i figured it'd go away and then it stayed for weeks and we realized in the condo upstairs we realized that our downstairs neighbor if you call my downstairs neighbor is the one who doesn't like my daughter's sand table or doesn't like rain on his deck they're feeding the damned cat and i found in our crawl space mm. a little bed set up for it as well oh no what now, these people came from the suburbs who live down below us, and I don't know what suburb or what year they came from, but as far as I know, there is no longer such a thing as an indoor-outdoor cat. It is not the 1970s. Yeah. 
you know, we don't we don't smoke, we don't wear high karate cologne, and there aren't indoor outdoor animals anymore. No, especially cats, because they, you know, and in the city, so we got all these rats and raccoons and stuff that are going to tear that yeah. cat apart or turn it turn it rabid. So we want to get rid of this cat. Of course, our 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 three year old and the three year old upstairs love the cat. Yeah, we go looking for the cat every day. But it's only a matter of time before I come out and either find half of the cat. Mm-hmm. Or the cat is foaming at the mouth and pulling an old yeller on me, right? Like this won't end well. Or half of your yeah. kid, or half of my kid, right? And the other night, I went to take the garbage out at about two in the morning, and I was already barefoot, so I didn't put my shoes on. I'd go down the wooden stairs of the deck and go out to the garbage, and all the lights were turned off, and somebody had switched off even like the proximity sensor light. And I'm going down the stairs, and I feel something squish under me, and I hear like. <laughs> And I stepped on the cat, and it turned around, and it didn't attack me per se. But when you get stepped on, it's you flail. A, yeah, yeah, flails a little bit. It's gonna swat at you, probably. Yeah. So it caught me, and I go upstairs, and I'm like, "Great, a cat that is has been living outside for a month, sure. right? It's probably been bitten by ten rats." Well, now you've got to get your feline AIDS test. Exactly. Done. I got mm-hmm. feline AIDS. I got feline leukemia. I've got a Ted Nugent song racing through my bloodstream. <laughs> And I go upstairs, and my wife is awake, and I say, I say, honey, I just I stepped on that cat, and it scratched me. And she said, oh, that poor cat. Oh. No. What I mean is get in the car and take me to the hospital right now because I've been scratched by a stray cat, and I'm about to die. And she was sad for the cat. Do they take you to the, to the animal hospital, or do you go to the person hospital? Six one half dozen the other it, at that point. Do they test for feline AIDS at You're a person half, hospital? Yeah, he's half cat now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're more cat than man at this point. <laughs> you find him eating cat food out of the garbage. I was wondering why he was able to bend down and lick his own privates earlier. Well, it does have some benefits. Hey, if you like the paternity test, help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews are still coming in. We need them and we want them and we like them. Sweet Darkness writes, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. I've been a fan of their old podcast for years. While I'll miss that show, I'm happy to finally be able to share their material with my boss and my parents. Subscribe now. You won't regret it. And the man, the myth, the legend, Matthew Smawanth writes, Freedom means we have a lot of choices on the interwebs, but quality is not universal. This show is funny enough for comedy fans, relatable enough for all parents, and outrageous enough to share with all your friends. One note, if you're looking for a podcast dedicated to Maury Povich shtick, you best look elsewhere. No progeria kids either. It's true. Not one. I haven't had a progeria kid in a long time. No, it's not part of the new format. No. Well, thanks, everybody, and keep them coming. Tired of only using Twitter to steal other people's jokes? Me too. Find us on social media. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Dad Test. And also send us a question or comment for the Paternity Test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our new phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. Call us on the line. Call us. Call us anytime. Here's an email from Kate in Nebraska. Last week, uh, we mentioned early email hoaxes in the late 90s and early 2000s in Urban Legends. And I mentioned about floor polish causing cat Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have looked up now, and it was actually on Snopes. I remember now it was Swiffer. It was that Swiffer wet jet will... I don't know how I got uh, floor polish causes cat Alzheimer's. The, uh, the legend was <laughs> Swiffer wet jet causes your dog's kidney failure, like uh, antifreeze does. Oh, it's a good thing I don't clean my floors ever <laughs> there's more more for your dog to forage for there's yeah exactly there's lots of benefits and he's not going to get alzheimer's or kidney <laughs> failure whatever it is it called. wandering down through the neighborhood repeating my, stories my dog licked a bullfrog about four days ago <laughs> and did he trip i once heard he a song started, with that title they have a poison <laughs> they secrete and he started foaming at the mouth oh and like just trying to shaking his head and like trying to r- use his paws to like get get inside of his mouth he was going insane for an hour <laughs> absolutely insane my wife's calling the vet what's happening to him what do you do you just lock him in a room like frank sinatra and the man with a golden arm and let him yeah he's let him work detox. it out like like ray or like johnny cash yeah, you put him in the woodshed like miles davis and just let him <laughs> flop around you just have the shotgun don't let any more bullfrogs near him 
yeah, that's pretty much all you can do. And then after like two hours, an hour and a half, he was fine. But it, it messed him up. <laughs> like he was not, he would not go near that thing again. Does he have bullfrog flashbacks now? No, man, and I'm Dave. It's what we call PTSD. 30 years ago when he would lick bullfrogs, people would just say they were Vietnam flashbacks and he'd jump behind a shrub. But now we know it's PTSD. Well, Kate writes this and says, I hate to correct you so soon into the new show, but the first two emails sent by parents on email were actually, one, don't put your finger in the change slot in payphones because people put HIV-infected needles in there, and two, wear boots when you go to the mall because as part of a new gang initiation, gang members hide under cars at malls and slice the ankles of ladies. Both came from AOL accounts, of course. You guys sound great, by the way. Wow. Nice. You know, I still, it's, it's funny that 15, 20 years later, we're getting the same kind of emails, I mean, and, except now they show up on Facebook. It's the same thing. Hey, everybody, there's a new gang initiation, you know, and then it goes through a whole other scenario where, you know, someone will come up to you. They'll give a, a, a if you ever see a child on the side of the road with a sign saying, please take me to my house. I'm lost. And they, you know, take you. So, you know, lead, they lead you by the hand. It's a new gang initiation. Don't do it. I would say that's true almost always. I remember being in Southern Illinois and how you, if someone had their brights on, you weren't supposed to flash them because yeah, it was a gang was a initiation. Thing. They'd have and to I kill you. This, yes. And there was, it was only mayonnaise eaten white people where I live. So it was, <laughs> it was not, there was no chance of there being. Right. I mean, it, it plays into white fears of the right. deadly minorities. Yes. You know, the people who should be fearing hunting accidents and domestic disputes are instead, you know, fearing <laughs> my Alcoholism. mythical right. mall initiations of gangs. Right. Although I will say when I taught in Harlem, one Halloween, I had to be driven out of the neighborhood. Like, no one was allowed to walk home because uh, gang initiations were going on and guys in, were just walking up and cutting people up on so, the street. So it was gang rush week? Yeah. No. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was gang rush week. I used to work in Cabrini, and I remember there was one uh, day I had to be driven home because uh, a guy appeared out of a mirror uh, and started killing people with a hook and a chest <laughs> full of bees. <laughs> and Beth in Chicago writes to us, uh, I was the odd child that loved grape nuts and called the Post Hotline to find out why they were called grape nuts. Todd mentioned this last week. Yeah, because they're neither made from grapes uh, or nuts. And she says it has to do with the sugar being the same as grape sugar and the texture being nutty. These are the things we had to do before the Internet. Do Jetsons, Jetsons, of course, being our, our, our new name for uh, the boop beep generation. Mm -hmm. uh, do they even know how to dial a phone number or does Siri do it for them? What's well, My son uh, learns 90% of what he knows from Siri. If there's something he wants to ask me, he'll go straight to Siri and he'll ask about grape nuts. So... I guess you would just ask Siri about your grape nuts. So anything he would normally ask, if, like, Siri, what are these feelings I'm having? Siri, mm -hmm. what is this hair that's appeared? I will have students do that if I ask them a question. Where is, I mean, it, it's anything, you know, where's the local Best Buy? Where, you know, in what year did Marilyn Monroe die? They'll, they'll ask Siri. They don't look it up necessarily. I mean, a lot of them look it up. But a lot of times they just talk into their phone. I try to use Siri, but Siri for me is the equivalent of... Oh, like I remember in high school in the early 90s, a friend had a phone that you could talk into to make it dial, mm -hmm. but it never yeah. worked, right? So you'd yeah. say, uh, uh, phone, dial six, and it would go like six, 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 six. You'd be like, phone, stop. <laughs> phone, dial six, five, six, 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 flash, right? Or, yeah. or uh, early computers that were only good for collecting recipes that could easily, more easily be collected in an actual yes. small box full of cards. Mm -hmm. Or uh, what else was, was worthless in the early days of computers? Like video games like Zork, where you would type walk north, and it would say, do not know walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been eaten by a Gru. Like anything I ask Siri, she says, I don't you understand what you're saying. Yeah. You've you been eaten by a Gru. <laughs> she keeps I, saying, I've been eaten by a Gru. <laughs> I think we also come from, we're of a generation that used the Dewey Decimal System to find things, right? So we're used to being tortured, like... I have to be tortured if I'm going to find information. I have to dig it out with my bare hands out of the internet. You got to earn it. You got to you want gotta it. You got to earn it. Pay for it. Right. I'm going to look. I'm going to look through three or four websites to find you know some information on, on Bobby Christina Brown that I'm looking for. Uh, whereas 
you know, so uh, a Jetson, and by the way, we're, we refer to people, the, the generation after millennials as Jetsons oh, that's on right. the show. That's right. It's after millennials. You know, they'll just keep asking Siri different questions until they get the answer. Oh, so that's it. They need to keep reframing it for Siri. And they, but they're earning it a little bit because Siri they're, in five years will be great. But yes. Siri right now is only okay. Siri right now to me is silly. It's, it's, it's the internet in 1997. Mm-hmm. I talked I, to a dude the other day who was a Google Glass, a glass hole for the uh-huh. for the Mark huh. One Google Glass, and he said yeah. it doesn't work at all. He said they're already wow. working on the bugs. He said, but it didn't work for anything except for having people in stores demand that you take your glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great because people walk around videoing everything and anything all the time anyway. Right, but now you can see them lift their phone up in the air and you have time to put your pants back on. I guess so. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. A, there's a tell. <laughs> so are they going to, is it completely gone? Are they dropping glass completely? No, I think they're just going to soldier. It's not gonna, they're not going to drop it like the Segway and only have, you know, uh, park police do it. I think they're going to keep trying until they make glass work. But right now, if you see a butterfly and you wink at it to take a picture, the butterfly is gone. And then 30 seconds later, it takes five pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I've bought grape nuts. I've tried. I open the box, I put it in the bowl. No grapes, no nuts. What's the story? <laughs> Can you call things anything you want now? Sell a quart of milk, just print shoes on the side of it. <laughs> People pour it on their socks. Hey, this isn't shoes. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> How much mileage does Jerry Seinfeld get to get out of just pointing out that things aren't what they are? <laughs> a lifetime. Is that, I mean, shouldn't he have run out of that stuff by now? Now, that was a very old one. That's when he was in his prime of pointing out what things are not. Right. You're, you're right. He's moved on. He's, he's really he's no, cultivated that, that sense of style he's got. It's way different now. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It's just his I thing. Didn't, and... I didn't need Jerry Seinfeld to tell me that, home, that, I'm, that when I'm doing homework, I'm not working on my home. Like, that's... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I just have never been a fan. I never understood it. I was never really into Kramer. George made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I just I never got into that show. It just but he is right about upset me. But he is right about grape nuts. No grapes, no nuts. Yeah. It's time once again for Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos. That's where we talk about creatures with big feet and an even bigger appetite for human flesh. Well, here in Chicago, we've had our share of creepy clowns, and uh, I'm not talking about John Wayne Gacy. Oh, we have had our share of creepy clowns, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's been a sighting of a new creepy clown, hopefully a lot more harmless uh, than he was. There was a couple driving past a cemetery here in the city, and they, they saw something, some figure at the main gate of, this is a, a, one of the famous uh, cemeteries in the city, the Rose Hill Cemetery. And it was the dead of the night, it was probably around 10 p.m. As they get closer, they realize that the person standing in the cemetery main gate is a clown. <laughs> and so that's creepy on its own, but then the clown just stands there and slowly waves at them, right? <laughs> I think there was some blurry footage of the clown, right? Now, uh, am I seeing... So I'm looking at this blurry footage. Yeah. And it's uh, appropriately terrifying. And there's a clown in the cemetery entrance, waving slowly, wearing... Are those pants glowing, or are they reflecting the headlights from a car? It's got to be some kind of reflection, because I don't understand. It, it looks look- like the Chief Keef hologram that got shut down at that Indiana concert. Yeah. Like, it looks like a hologram of a clown. Yeah, it does, and I don't... I think it must just be reflection, because they are... They stand out way too much. Do we trust the people who have reported this? Because it seems very convenient that they were shining their headlights into a cemetery. They just happened to be, and they had, they pulled the phone out and got the video. They might be in cahoots. I, You know what? It, it could be. It could be. I'm noticing a lot more creepy clown memes on Facebook and such as people will mm-hmm. post random pictures of scary clowns. to Because a lot of people freely admit that they are scared of clowns, mm-hmm. right? So people, you know, as often as they can find a picture of a creepy clown, will post it on Facebook. So maybe maybe they just are trying to get in on that, be part of the creepy clown. Well, I was fad. looking up. I looked on the package to my Carol Channing ventriloquist dummy. Oh, yeah? 
And it's, it was part of a series of celebrity dummies. So I wanted to find out what other off-the-wall celebrities there might be. I mean, if there's a Carol Channing, there could be there could be a Stephen Eady. There could be oh, a yeah. Paul, Paul Newman. Uh, uh, I was going <laughs> to say, who's the, the guy who sings just an old-fashioned love song? Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was a Emmett Kelly. So a hobo clown. Oh, hobo clown, dying, yeah. yeah. And I think it was Emmett Kelly Sr., not Emmett Kelly, or maybe Emmett Kelly Jr., but not Emmett Kelly the third, the hobo clown that actually was a drug-addled serial killer. <laughs> what is the connection between clowns and people being so freaked out? Is it is it the hobo thing about how so many clowns were, you know, like the Red Skelton clown was a hobo, and and that the crossover of degenerate human being Right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, are scary, did scary clowns get brought into horror culture and then backed up so that people are afraid of clowns? Or are people naturally afraid of the clown design? I think everyone should be naturally afraid of the clown design <laughs> because it's so unnatural. It's just not what our species looks like. Because you take the mouth and you push it into the uncanny valley. You yeah. T- you push it into the area of like uh, Attack on Titan with the like big wide yeah. mouth. <laughs> exactly. You make a giant mouth and then you make a, a round, perfect you know sphere for a nose i don't know you just do you manipulate the face in a way that just isn't right were people afraid of clowns before gacy clowns were huge in the 70s right right there's lots of crappy clown art from the 70s right so i don't i don't know but it it makes sense what todd's saying like the idea that little kids first of all looking at big middle-aged men with crazy orange hair and big red lips and you know a, a a honking nose it, it, that could be terrifying mm-hmm. it never bothered me because i always i guess i had uncles who were in the shriners and they were always dressing up as clowns and so i always knew that there was some nice guy who fought in the war behind the makeup <laughs> right. you know what i mean sure and <laughs> it just it, it never bothered me but i could see where well, it also- bothers me it bothers me when 27 year old women say that they're scared of clowns I, that upsets me it makes me angry because it's like come on well I mean, they probably also it. haven't experienced any clowns really because clowns go all the right. way back to the 1800s creepy clowns do sure what's pagliacci he's a clown that murders he's his wife murdering he's clown a yeah he's a, mur- like he's a murdering clown mm-hmm. there was a famous clown in france that was a he was a white face kind per- of a mime looking clown Perot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he killed a kid with his cane who was taunting him. Oh, all right then. And so that like the actual like the guy who originated that character killed a kid with his cane? Yeah. Oh wow. That guy, he was a mime. Like he was a, he was like the famous mime, right? So there was a boy that taunted him and he killed the child with a cane. And he, he was acquitted of the crime eventually, it says here. He didn't start it. Uh but <laughs> yeah, he didn't He did walk right through your invisible wall. <laughs> He ate all that invisible fruit you had just picked. <laughs> he thought he was hitting him with an invisible cane. <laughs> Forgot that it was a real one. He just walked through the tightrope. <laughs> Do you need weekly and monthly foolproof advice that will allow you to put your brain on cruise control until your child is 18? Catch my monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, and read our paternity test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. This week, the new table manners. Oh, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for Scarred for Life. That's where we damage our children just like our parents did to us. So who scarred their children this week? Well, I did it. I did it again. I did it again. I really really hope this is the last time I ever have to talk about the tooth fairy. I hope it is not. But how many teeth do humans have? Uh, 28. (laughs) You lose about 28? You have two children. 28 times two is Mm -hmm. what? 60 minus 56, right? 56 times now, you've messed up. <laughs> I used to get it right. I don't know. I did, got it right in the beginning. But here's here's where I currently stand on the tooth fairy. I've had, <laughs> I've had you know, my son is, is almost 13. He'll be 13 in October. My daughter is uh, almost 10. So I've had a, many years. I think when do you start losing teeth? Five, six. So I've been dealing with tooth fairy stuff for about seven years now. I've come to the conclusion of why bother? <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth sure. it. I understand you want your kid to feel better, uh, you know, about the the traumatic experience of their face falling apart, teeth falling out, and is that what it's about? Is it a salve on the? I think it's supposed to make, of... th- make that whole process better. Like, well, it's okay that your 
gums are bleeding and your tooth is wiggly because when it finally falls out, you'll get a treat in return. Oh. So I think that's what it's about. I mean, what else? Why? What else would it exist? You know. So are you saying you would you would advise a new parent to just skip the you know, whole thing? I think you could skip the tooth fairy. You could still give a reward, but the whole thing of like I've got to try to sneak in the room and make this exchange without waking up the kid so they don't see me and go. <gasps> What what are you doing in my room? Where's the tooth fairy? And try to hide it. It's just so your problem traditionally has been forgetting sometimes, or we've, trying to go in like Catherine Jones through lasers to yeah. Or it's just a matter of my daughter sleeps in a loft bed, mm. which so ever since then it's become near impossible. This last time around, she put the tooth under her pillow, but under her pillow pillow, which is like on top of the loft bed by the wall. There's no way for me to get to it. She has the squeakiest <laughs> bed. Like I can't try to move the bed. It's an Ikea bed, so it's probably going to fall on top of her one day. So I go to try to get in there. Finally, Kelly remembers, you know, at midnight, hey, don't forget the tooth. I'm like, oh, the tooth. So I try to go in the room. First thing, I can't even get in the door because it, uh, the door is so squeaky. My daughter oh. has, here's the other problem. My daughter always slept with the door open. Never had to think about that before. This is the first time she's lost a tooth since she started sleeping with the door closed. Mm-hmm. So I try to open the door, and it's just like, and she immediately sits up, you know, falls back down. Like it, it's a, it jolted her up, but then she didn't see wow. me there. So then finally, I get it pushed open enough that I could barely squeeze through. So I sque- squeeze through. It's like the Telltale Heart, where he spends like four hours trying to get across the floorboards. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I spent four hours just trying to get. Into the room without causing a ruckus. And so I get in the, I get into the room and I, I, I start reaching around and there's no tooth. <laughs> right? I can't find it anywhere because if I can't reach it from the ground, I'm screwed. <laughs> I try to stand up on a little stool, but then she's starting to move around. And, you know, she senses my presence. I've been in there way too long. Like my body heat has changed the temperature in the room at this point. She knows, <laughs> I'm, you know, I've been in there long enough that I've had an effect on the environment. The smell of, of, uh, Pull yeah. sausage is going to wake her up at some exactly. point. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Is that her we, mouth's starting to water. Kill boss. You know, we <laughs> we normally do a $2 bill. The oh, tooth sure. fairy normally brings a $2 bill. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, she can't use. <laughs> this, yeah, this tooth. Yeah, which every time we try to spend, they're like, this isn't real money. Because <laughs> people don't know what it is anymore. Why do they still make those? For Why tooth, do they still make for those? For tooth fairies and old people to give to and, children. And, yeah, that's what... Mm-hmm. To make it seem like $2 is an okay gift when it's actually cheap. You know how you know no one ever uses them? Have you ever seen a non-crisp $2 bill? No, they're Have you ever seen a new. $2 bill mm-hmm. that just looked like it had been th- no. through the washer? I don't no. think anyone's ever snorted cocaine through a $2 bill. No, it's never been in a billfold. <laughs> it's never been through the dryer. Which I guess is a good reason to give it to your kid for the tooth fairy because you know that it doesn't have traces of, of cocaine drugs on, on it. it. Yeah. Hey, maybe right. that's, you know, how they're, they're complaining because they want to put a woman on a bill, but, no, mm-hmm. but they wanted to throw off Alexander Hamilton and people are like, but he's cool. And they're like, well, we'll put him on the 20 because Andrew Jackson's a jerk. But then, you you know, <laughs> but, but then the then the new person gets the most popular bill. So why don't they put the woman on the $2 bill? Because who's who's even on the $2 bill? I have no idea. So if they want to put Joan Baez on it or whoever, they, <laughs> they can put it on the 2 Wow. You could put anybody on there. You could put Janine Garofalo on the $2 bill and nobody would notice. She might be on it now. Who's on She it? might be. For all I know, she could be on it because I don't know who was on it. There might not be anybody on it for all I know. It just might be. Maybe it's already a woman and right? nobody's noticed. Molly Pitcher is nope. on there. Thomas Jefferson is on the $2 bill. Oh, Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> That's all he gets? That's all he gets. I can't believe. How in the heck did Andrew Jackson... Get on a 20. How did that happen? That's an excellent What did question. he do? He killed almost all the Indians. So whoever right. invented the 20 was like, you know what? I hate Indians. And he hated the treasury and he didn't think oh, he loved money cheese. was going to last. He had a huge cheese party. So maybe whoever designed the 20 loved cheese. Well, and they wanted to replace Hamilton, right? Off of the right. $10 bill. And that's bogus. But he invented the treasury. Right. Like, why would you take him off? He should be the most billable person. Can't take off Lincoln. Can't take off, uh, what's his face, George? Yeah. Who's on the 100? Benjamin Franklin. Franklin, yeah. Which is a little weird because he was never president, but. Mm-hmm. I'm out of, uh, the tooth fairy is out of $2 bills. <laughs> All I have are some some dollar coins. I, I, I'm trying to find something unique, you know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to just your give. Kid 
Gosh, not only do you not have a, I mean, you got a hole in your head, now you got these heavy things that jangle in your pockets and you can't spend on anything. These leaves are a roll of quarters. <laughs> so I find two, uh, you know, now they're, they took Sekajui off the dollar coin, now it's presidents. They have different presidents. What? On, on the do- yeah, and the dollar coins. So I find it two. How original. Two dollar coins that I had in my change jar. Wait. Two one dollar coins. Two one dollar coins. We don't I, have toonies here, do we? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a two dollar coin. <laughs> so anyway, I I give up finding on trying to find the tooth. I'm like I give up, but I'm like, well, I'll, I'll leave the money and I'll just make up a story about the tooth. Like I'm, I got I got to leave the money. I don't want to stiff her. So I I stuff the money. She doesn't. Her pillow is far away. I can't reach it from where I am. So I, she has a second kind of pillow that she doesn't really sleep on, but it's on her bed. I stuffed the money under that pillow. So you're just chucking random coins onto your daughter's bed and giving yeah. up on both the $2 and the taking the, the tooth away. Yeah, I can't do it. There's no way. I'd have to wake her up and go, Ellie, give me the tooth. I'm going to give it to the tooth fairy for you. They're... So she's going to say, Dad, my tooth is still in the bed, and I woke up covered <laughs> in change. Well... Oh, I in the morning I try one more time to kind of sneak in and hoping I can see it when it's light out, you know, because it's her room is bright. And I go in there and she wakes up, and I'm like, "Oh hi, she, hey, hey buddy, buddy!" And she looks under her pillow and there's no money. And I'm and I said, "Well, you sure it's under that pillow?" <laughs> and so then she finds the two dollar coins. See what sucks about it is that she, I think she was certain that I had just. I had just put them there immediately. Like, she was already on to me. You know, she knew something was up. So she took the money, and then later on I go to work and I get a text from her. <laughs> from your daughter? Yeah. She uh, she, she has, a uh, like, an iPod Touch that she could send me, like, iMessages on. She doesn't have a phone or anything. But she sends me a text. It says, the tooth fairy didn't take my tooth. I said, well. Because you make it too hard. <laughs> that's what I kind of <laughs> Throw said. it back on her. I'm like, well, you know, they left the money. Maybe they couldn't find it. I said, and... We kind of my, my wife and I kind of thought that was the end of it. Got and what you wanted. Got yeah, your cash. we figured she got paid. Monster. She, I said, you know, <laughs> you, you got your filthy lucre. Well, <laughs> the next night, Kelly and I go to bed, and I'm like, Kelly, did Ellie put the tooth under her bed again? And Kelly's like, I don't know. Like she's done. She's not even going to bother <laughs> with the tooth fairy anymore. And I'm still trying to do. You know, I'm still trying to. Todd's putting on his wings and his tutu. <sighs> He's like, I got to go back in. So. <laughs> So I went to bed. I'm like, well, I guess she didn't put it under there again. And the next morning, she sends me a little another text after I'm at work. She <laughs> says, "The tooth fairy didn't take my tooth again." With a like one a single tear emoticon, you know. The, wow! You know, you Look at these passive aggressive texts. This is amazing. Said, mm, maybe the tooth fairy is having trouble getting back, getting up to your bunk bed. <laughs> the tooth fairy's maybe because the tooth fairy is middle aged and <laughs> she said, "But I've lost some teeth while I had my bunk bed and it was gone." I put it under my pink pillow. So, see, the pink pillow is the one where I left the money. Mm-hmm. So she was trying to play along, even though she knows oh, I'm the one who left the mm-hmm. money. She's like, fine, I'll put the tooth by the pink pillow so they can come and take my take this dirty, rotten tooth away from me. And I never went in there to get it. She made it easy for me, and I didn't go in and get it. Oh, man. And I just said, I think once you get the money, they don't come back for the tooth. <laughs> if they couldn't get it the first time, you could probably throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> throw it away. Throw a piece of your body away. There's so, uh, less. You've waited so long to get the tooth. There's actually less carbon in the tooth. There's a biohazard disposal bag in the in the junk drawer. <laughs> well, this scarred. I think this scarred her so much that on our vacation recently, on our drive down to Florida, she she had another loose tooth that was about to come out, and she didn't want to touch it. She was. She just didn't want to. I don't think she wanted to have to see deal you. with you. Well. <laughs> Feel the disappointment. You want to feel that kind of disappointment and pain again. She already knew, like it was, you know, the tooth fairy was questionable in her own house. <laughs> there definitely wasn't going to be a tooth fairy on right. vacation. Right, it's not following you to Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if the home team tooth fairy can't pull it off, the away team tooth fairy is right. Not the tooth fairy in the gray jersey. Your situation has made me realize that when my daughters start losing teeth, I'm going to say, "Listen, there's this." guy is called the tooth fairy and he comes and get you your teeth you gotta put it under a pillow and he gives you money but listen here's the deal most kids they put it under their pillow in the room i don't like the idea of some dude in your room at night so i'm putting a pillow in the hallway <laughs> and you're gonna put it underneath the pillow in the hallway when you get up there'll be cash you are dead on this is what i want all parents to do we need to 
change this up. Stop putting it under your pillow and come up with something else. Find a little treasure mm-hmm. box that put it in the bedroom or on the floor or right outside your door under a pillow. Something like that. Put it in the hallway. Because put it in the hallway. If you put it in the hallway. You don't even have to open you, the door. You don't have to open the door and you're less likely as you're going to bed to forget. Oh, because uh, you'll pass to, by. To take it. care of the money. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thus ruin your kids' dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Todd did. Maybe it'll be a little less magical if the pillows and the tooth in the, is in the hallway, but I think you're a lot less likely to... I think my daughter's going to spend the rest of her tooth-losing years just swallowing her loose teeth just <laughs> to avoid having to face the fact that the tooth fairy might not come through. You're going to walk in and seeing her like about to put it in her mouth. You're like, I can't take this. I just want, to, I want it to be over. <laughs> All right, it's it's eating it. her own teeth. <laughs> Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to slice up some hot dogs into throat-sized pieces. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com, and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS. Tell your friends about the show, and if you'd like to make it rain up in here with your own money, we've got a donation link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, you can take the clown out of the cemetery, but you can't take the cemetery out of the clown. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. <laughs>